Insights to Live By, the podcast, discovering new pearls of wisdom to enrich our lives. What does work-life harmony mean to you? How can leaders better lead in the new world of work? Hello and welcome to Insights to Live By. I am your host, Matt Zinman. So thrilled to have you. Thank you very much for joining in, especially since Work-life harmony is more important now than ever, as well as among that with which we struggle most. Wow, that was tough to say. Which seems like the right segue to have, may I say, the perfect guest to join the conversation. He is a professional speaker, author, leadership trainer, and the founder of You evolving now. Andre Young, welcome to the show. Wow, Matt, thank you so much for having me. Uh, It's an honor being here and you guys listening, thank you for letting me steal a little bit of your time here today. So it's a pleasure. Yeah, for sure. You know, we we had the pleasure of uh, a great introductory conversation a few weeks back uh, and, uh, you know, back in way back in 2021 at this point. And uh, we, we just got to talking like, Andre, I got to have you on the show. It was just uh, so timely. And, you know, not, not just in all that you do with Evolving Now and, well, you Evolving Now, uh, and we'll get into that, but you also have a background. You were a mental health therapist for almost 20 years. So, yeah, I was a mental health therapist for 19 years. Uh, I thought I would retire doing it. I loved the job. I loved the practice. I loved people. Um, it was an honor. I did it in every aspect from group, individual, marital. The only thing I didn't do was addiction. And um, like I said, I thought I would retire doing it. However, uh, I wanted to start helping people in ways that I had created and came up with. And it was a more impactful way for me to really impact the world and where the butts were already in the seats. So, so many people needed it, whether it was in corporate or in athletics and sports, and they weren't going to come to my office to get it. So uh, it was a great transition for me. Well, not only that, but, you know, in terms of just even having the experience and certainly you're on to uh, broader horizons uh, with all the experience uh, that you have. But while we talk about now more than ever, certainly well-being, mental wellness has come to the forefront as the underlying pandemic to the pandemic. And certainly in the world of work, I I imagine on top of just all the leadership training and the things that you're doing in and around those pain points with employees, that mental well-being has to be at the forefront, gives you some, uh, you know, particular insight, you know, with that experience. Uh, It's at the forefront, to say the least. When when I do my trainings, whether it's a one-off and I'm there one time for an organization or company, or if I'm doing my whole bigger shebang, we must start with work-life harmony. Because when I start with leadership, when any speaker comes in and speaks about leadership, you are not speaking to as many people in the seats as you think. Right. Not everyone sees themselves as a leader or want to be whatever their definition of a leader is. However, everyone is a person and lives and needs work-life harmony. So when you start with that, you're speaking to everyone. And then they're all, their heads nod. And now we can jump into the leadership part. 
So it's a, it's a great way to start and it's where we need to start because whether you're the CEO, whether you're a frontline employee, whether you are the custodian, we all have lives outside of work and in work. And if we can evolve in both professionally or personally, that's the ticket. Well said. Yeah. And, you know, sticking on the mental health topic just for the moment, you know, Andre, I was, I've been doing a lot of research and just putting together, you know, for my own work, uh, infographics and things that are going to support the, the training priorities in and around uh, what employers need to be doing. Certainly mental health being a part of that. And I came across this stat, 76% of U.S. workers have experienced at least one mental health system symptom in the past year, 56% burnout, 46% depression, and 40% anxiety. And with credit to the mental health and work report from Mindshare Partners. Uh, incredible. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I, I joke, and it's not a joke, but I joke on stage Look, I've been the world's best employee at one point in my life. Of course. Says me, okay? Yeah. Uh, I've also been the world's worst employee given organizational change and organizational dysfunction or things that I didn't like. And the last two years have created so much of that for so many. Right. Now, you're talking about that as a, when you're a solo entrepreneur, you're the best and the worst when you're solo? (laughs) <laughs> solo entrepreneur is, is, is an interesting experience because if you guys listening whether you have a side business or you have your own business the solo entrepreneurial world is a roller coaster daily so you'll have a massive up with a win and then five minutes later a massive down with a loss and there's really sometimes no one for you to share it with right at least when you work in an organization and you have calls and you're on a team, like there's people to share it with the good, the bad, the ugly, the wins and such. Sometimes your husband, your wife may not even know what your big win for that day was as an entrepreneur. So when you go to share it, you can't even get the adulation that you want back. Right. Or when you have a low, they can't even you know fathom it. So it could be a very lonely thing and a depressive thing, even in your wins. So it's, it's important to be mindful about, uh, about all of that going through from work-life harmony to personal leadership and actual leadership skills. Yeah, I mean, that literally hits home. You know, my wife and I both work at home. I have done so for many years. Truth be told, Andre, she doesn't necessarily want to hear how my day was all the time. <laughs> she hears about it quite a lot. Um, she probably doesn't hear every podcast. I don't take it personally. She gets her doses. Uh, but you're right, it's lonely. Uh, and and you know how do you balance that, especially in the you know extended pandemic that we're in and and the isolation that we all experience? I think we've gotten better at compensating with that work life balance, but there's still you know such a tilt one way or the other. I don't think we've really caught our balance in in, in many ways. We'll talk more about that. Uh, well, speaking of which, you you are working on you've published two books. Right, one one recently in twenty end of twenty twenty was seven ways to lead. You, you've done evolve. Before that, now you're working on a third book too. Well, actually, my fourth. My oh, it's your fourth. One, what was the first? Yeah, my first one. First one, evolve. Um, people say which one is my favorite, right? And I'm like, that's asking you like which one of your kids is your favorite, sure. Like, you know, so my first one, evolve, is a compilation of quotes and questions. Like, you know, so is it a book? Technically. But it's not even one that I consider like a sit down, read book. I wanted to create something that I had a vision a long time ago when I was a kid of creating a book that had a question mark on the, on the cover. 
And I did that. And it was super cool. Like anybody can pick it up at any age and read a, a quote and have a question related to that quote and walk away better. I love it. My first content-based book, it was called Seven Ways to Love. And not many people know about that book at all because love doesn't seem to make as much <laughs> money as, um, you know, as leadership. However, it's as important, whether it's self-love, whether it's love with your significant other or your kids. So Seven Ways to Love. And then my last book that came out in 2019, end of 2019, um, it was Seven Ways to Lead. Um, love that book. Like, you know, you want to evolve your leadership and work-life harmony. So no matter who you are, you could pick that up from CEO to Joe Blow, Janet Blow sitting on the couch. And it takes you through this process of leadership and work-life harmony and enhancing it in all of these different ways. My newest one that will be coming out the end of 2022 is called A Leader's Toolbox. So it's all the tools that you need to effectively do your daily leadership within an organization or team and run and lead a team and enhance the leadership and work-life harmony of those that you're leading because leaders build other leaders. So that book specifically is going to be more for if you're in a position of professional leadership, you are a leader on a team, this is the book for you specifically with the toolbox. Yeah, and uh, you know, I want to I come back to the third book about uh, you know, leadership at the front end, but now knowing more about the current book, uh, I wonder, I mean, imagine you have to be addressing, you know, the, the new world of work, right? The, the fact that, and the pendulum tried to swing back, but currently is not quite as able to where I think it was, again, I was doing all this research somewhere in the neighborhood of 21% of people were remote and then it went up to 70 something percent. Uh, in a quick time span and now it hasn't really swung back that much and as people have gotten that taste of freedom and work balance and harmony that they're trying to strike you know there really is that you know that new world order and then how do you align that with not just typical leadership practices and principles but it's a it's a very different leadership demand in order to uh, you know keep a culture together and and, well, and right lead a team it really comes down to connection and it sounds simple, but to oversimplify it, if you don't have somebody right down the hallway that you can now go and knock on the door, clear things up with, clean things up with, address things on the fly for cohesiveness, um, collaboration, and evolving the process. One of the things that hybrid work is going to do is it allows you to get the job done, but it might not allow for growth and evolution. And connection is going to matter. Leaders must do a better job. We must do a better job as leaders connecting with our people because it never ceases to amaze me how much more your people will do for you, with you, because of you, and forgive about your mistakes and or organizational dysfunction when they have a connection with you. You know, let's keep so, and living in so many more emails right. and text and hybrid work. We as leaders have to do a better job of connecting with our people by, one, understanding what we want to do and give as a leader and marrying it with what they need most right now. That's leadership. So your people, do you know why they're there? Do, they, do you know what they want to get out of working for you and with you? Have you created a two-way street where you're going to share the vision of the team, the vision of the organization? along with the three to five things that when you do them consistently, the vision takes care of itself. Those are called vision factors. What are the expectations? What are the rules? 
If you don't know, how are your people supposed to know? Then have you created a two-way street because employees need more skin in the game? Can they come to you as a leader and challenge things, bring up different ideas, a new way to do things? Can they be flexible but make sure they're doing their job so flexibility can stay, stay uh, you know, intact? Right. Um, it, it has to be a more two-way street and connection both ways matter. But there's so many little things that make that happen. And that's what typically my speaking engagements and trainings and books are about. This is the bigger over oversimplification of what needs to happen. But how the heck do you do it? And how do you do it when you don't feel like it? Right. That's always the tough part. Uh, you know, and being as practical as we can be, let's drill down just a little further on that. You mentioned three to five things. Uh, you know, someone's in a leadership position. They're used to doing things a certain way. Uh, people's lifestyles have changed. They have different priorities. Uh, you're trying to keep a certain cohesion around the culture of an organization, your strategic object objectives to, uh, you know, have that impact the bottom line, you know, all the things that go into it and be a human being while you're at it. Um, how do you balance that? What are some, what are the three to five things you were referring to? Just whatever practicality you have. I'll give you an example of my three to five things, but everyone's going to have a different. Sure. Like, so the overall company can have their vision and vision factors. However, I very strongly encourage the top to ask their leaders, their senior leadership, their middle management, what are their leaders three? Because it doesn't have to match exactly. However, they need to align. Okay. So you know, for me, here's an example. My vision for me as a company and my, you know, my company, my team, I want to be the best in the world in my space of leadership and work-life harmony, getting wealthy in time and money what ideas I create in the company that I run. That's my vision. Perhaps yours is to be the elite this or the best at this or whatever it is. Know what your vision is so you can share it with your people. My vision factors, there's three things I need to do consistently and my vision comes true. I don't even focus on my vision because I'm too daggone busy doing the vision factors. So number one, I need to create great content. And whether that's trainings, books, videos, blogs, whatever it is, I need to create great content. Right. Two, I need to network appropriately. Where are my people and how do I best serve them? How do I best connect with them? Because everyone is not your customer or clientele or target you know, audience or market. Um, three, I need to create passive income opportunities. And I'm ADHD. I have a hard time learning things that I don't care about. It sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. So I need to create passive opportunities passive income opportunities in my lane. And I'm in a, so I focus on those three things. And now when you know your vision and vision factors, you know what to say yes to, you know what to say no to. So that's mine. You got to know what your vision is. And I can't tell you what your, your three to five vision factors are, but you need to. So you can simplify. If your 13 year old can't say it and understand it, it's not simple enough. Right. So, uh, and, you know, as an organization, do you know yours? Challenge your people, your leaders with under you to know theirs. And then how do we mix it for that connection? When it's something you can control, because there's two different things that are going to happen. Either you have complete control over it or you have no control. The train has left the station. You have now gotten the vision and vision factor from somebody else or up above. And now you need to deliver it with a smile. How the heck do you do that? Right. So when you have complete control, I suggest that one, you brainstorm. 
brainstorm some things that are you believe that are going to be good. Then you want to collaborate. Because just because you think it's a good idea does not mean your people will think it's a good idea. And when they're not bought in or sold, then it's going to be hard to evolve it and advance it. After you collaborate, let's decide what the heck we're going to do. Okay, we're moving forward. Then you need to implement it. Sounds very matter of fact, implement it. However, how many times have you sat in meeting after meeting for three months straight and nothing has happened? Got to implement it. After you implement it, well, now it's time to collaborate again. Is this yielding the wins we set out to get? If it yielded something different, do we want to keep going with that? Does it make sense to fine tune it? Does it make sense to scrap it? And then we want to fine tune that process and then repeat. And we just keep doing that. When it's something that you can't control. There's so many employees. Like, and you, so you talk to your employees about it when, when you can control it. Um, I met with my assistant. And this is a, a, a small example, but an example. Sure. I was sending her about 22 emails a day. Like, so somebody wants to meet, an organization wants to meet, this happened, this happened. I'm sending out different ones. Hey, can you schedule this, 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 and this? And she's catching things in my email as well. So I went to her and I said, I, I don't, I want to be sure that I can keep great people like you. And I know that this is the vision and vision factors and where and the job that needs to be done. However, I feel like I'm exhausting you. Would you, how do you prefer to work? Would you like me to continue sending you 22 emails a day or would you like me to chunk them? you know, or in certain times. And she, she came up with something, we got a system and it worked very well. We made some tweaks here or there and then we're good to go. But we connected, we collaborated and now she is okay, I'm okay. I feel good about how things are going and so does she. So small example, but big results. Um, when it's something you can't control, the first thing we wanna be able to do is to inform, inform your team. Hey, this is what's happening. It's a new day, and I know some people may love it, some people may not like it, here it is. Then we must educate, how is it beneficial to you? How is it beneficial to the organization? How is it beneficial, beneficial to the client or customer base we're serving? Right. Years ago, when I had to make a change to my business, some of my employees weren't gonna like it, but it was the only way I could keep them employed. Right? Sure. You can only have so much flexibility when it comes to, you know, the business at hand. It's funny, I, I, I had the exact same conversation earlier today with my team, just making sure it's a check-in, make sure they're not too overwhelmed with all the things that are coming at them at once, which I have a tendency to do, I have to admit. Uh, but, you know, along the same lines and, and just going into one area, because you do cover so much, Andre, um, you speak to the importance of leaders learning about the five types of employees and knowing those five types can help them implement what it is that you just described. Can we go there? What are those five types? How would you, how would you uh, cap encapsulate them? Well, I'll, I'll say the names of them and then I'll briefly share sure. like, who they are and what they need most. Um, you know, to preface it, you know, there's five types of leaders too. And it's, you know, not a bad type, but it's important to know which type you are. Now, a great leader is all five types, given who needs it from them and the situation that requires it from them. But we all have a top one or two that resonate who, with who we are. So know what kind of leader you are. Um, the five types of employees, you have your inspired and motivated. You have your new and unknown. 
you have your steady stream, you have your here, but not here, and then you have your grouches. Right. So very briefly, the new, the, the inspired and motivated, they're what I call the vacuum eyes. You, you ever talk to someone or hire or bring on an employee and their eyes are so big and you feel like every word that you are saying is filling up their soul going right through their eyes and they're just so eager than a beaver. And I tell companies all the time, so many companies want hundreds, not thousands of the inspired and motivated. However, be careful what you ask for because the inspired and motivated want something from you too. Right. They want what I call my definition of leadership. They want to be influenced. They want to be impacted. They want to be protected. They want to make sure that leadership is exhibiting great personal leadership. They don't want to be treated like crap while doing the job with you and for you. And they want high standards and expectations met. They don't want to be the only one doing a great job where their person in the cubicle or over here is doing absolutely nothing and still there for years on end. You know, so the big part is as, as an employer, you're inspired and motivated, know who they are, know why they're there and what they want to get out of working for you. Here's a, here's a big one. Know their dream. If their dream is related to the work that they're doing for you, fantastic. If it's not, fantastic. That was once I, I did some work for a company and they flew in all of their international leaders. The vice president of the company introduced a woman named Mary to me. And he said, Andre, I want you to meet Mary. We're so happy and sad all at the same time. Happy that she is starting her own business in a bakery and sad that she's leaving, of course, but we've gotten to taste test her goodies for the past year. Nice. It was very nice. I almost passed out. Like, this is great. He introduced me to her by her dream. Do you think Mary will ever think poorly of that organization? Of course not. Mary's going to kick back great people. She's going to speak about this company like a gold standard out in the world. So know their dream. And even if, if you can help them with their professional dream, great. If at the least you can say, hey, how's your bakery going? How's the business going? How's that going? Well, they can't wait to talk to you about it. I was going to say, hopefully she, she, she still uh, delivers baked goods. That's a key. <laughs> right? I mean. And the other part of the inspired and motivated is they need your protection. And protection is a word that doesn't get talked about enough through leadership where, one, can you protect them and those around them from, their, from bad habits? the people that are coming in late, the people that are half-stepping so many different things, um, uh, when, when inspired and motivated are meeting their full potential, whatever it is, will you call that out? Right. And do something about it. Will you protect them from you as a leader? Yeah, it's interesting. I know how I am when I'm having a bad day. There's employees out there that have been verbally, and emotionally and God forbid, physically abused by their leadership. Sure. So will you protect them from you? And then lastly, will you protect them from the list? This is what I mean. And this is the biggest point of the inspired and motivated that you have to catch. If this is the only thing you get, get this. You're inspired and motivated. Continues to say yes to things because they're inspired and motivated. So you ask them to do three favors. All you think as a leader is that they have their job to do plus the three favors you asked. 
but Jim, Sally, Bob, Eric, and everybody else on virtual calls and hybrid working and down in the office have also asked them to do three things because they're inspired and motivated. Can we protect, will you protect your inspired and motivated by having the one-on-one -on -one meetings that you're not gonna cancel and reschedule and in those meetings, ask their list. What are you working on? What's going on? Maybe their list is so long, you had no idea. And you now can help two things, help them to prioritize it. Right. You got to find then their blind gonna, spots or they're, yes, they're not going to stay. Understand. They're not going to stay in that category. They're going to they're gonna shift over. You, I don't imagine they're going to shift over being grouches, but uh, you know, that yes, that's, they, they can, they can, they do. Um, wow. There, there's a deep dive to be taken there. Um, we certainly are going to get to our main segment also of your insights to live by. I know you have them in hand. Um, among the other four types of employees, any other hot spots that you would, if you had, if you had to pick um, one that, that you jump into and, and some advice there? Um, I would say very quickly, your new and unknown, even in this hybrid workforce, work world we're living in, get your new and unknown around your inspired and motivated very quickly. And whether that's with a mentorship program right. or a shadowing program, you may shadow them with somebody and pair them with somebody who has great skills. But if they don't exhibit great personal leadership, then that's an issue. Get them around the right people. Your steady streams are the people that are fine right where they are. Too many leaders put too much stock in only training people and making them emerging stars because they want to advance. Not everybody wants to advance. Some steady streams are fine right where they are. However, they like more knowledge to be great right where they are. Right. They might need their language spoken or a pat on the back for being great right, right where they are. Can they get that? Yeah. So that would be something that really stands out. And then lastly, be sure your grouches are not grouches due to your poor leadership or organizational dysfunction. They just might be grouches so, anyway. Yeah, some people are grouches because of personal things, right. life experience, whatever it is. They're going to be grouches in your in your company, your organization, on your team. Be sure it's not because of you. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole dynamic. We could spend the whole show on grouches. I'm sure, no, <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, well, Andre, you know, before we get to your insights to live by, uh, we do have a segment on the show where we just want to get to know you just a little better. Um, where we have the wheel of insights. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but we have insights about Andre Young here on the screen. We're going to take a spin. And we're going to see where this lands and just learn a little bit more about you. How about that? Let's see. I'm so excited. Ah, this is an interesting one. Andre, do you believe in luck? Um, yes, to a degree, I do believe in luck. I think luck comes after um, you've put in the work and dedicated yourself to your dream and your craft. Um, it's amazing how lucky I get now when I wake up and I have companies in my inbox that are asking me to fly out to do different things in different places. However, that wouldn't have happened if I didn't do anything. <laughs> like I, I set that foundation of luck, you know, five years ago, you know, with how I am and how I treat my customer and client base and, you know, and doing the things that I do. So yes, I do believe in luck. However, you make yourself lucky as well. Right. I was going to, you, you took the words out of my mouth. You're walking that line, Andre. You're still going to say, I believe in it just to hold that factor, but you make your own luck. That's what I hear you saying. Um, okay, let's go to the next one. Ah, you just hit on this theme. Andre, who would be an influential mentor in your life, past or present? Uh, this answer is easy. Everyone. 
Um, I, I do not have a, a, a mentor or coach or I, I've learned from every single person, no matter who they are, where they are in life, how much money they make, their profession. You can learn so much when you choose to be curious about people. You don't always have to agree with how they live or what they're doing. Everyone has something to offer. Um, I've had great conversations with people that have been doing this longer than me. I've had great conversations with a homeless person straight out of jail sitting on the bench for 20 minutes. Uh, so I've learned more in my, uh, in my lifetime based on uh, looking around and looking up what not to do or mistakes made, how I would evolve it. Um, than I have from someone who has done what I want to do. So it's very rare that I've learned that way. So everyone is my answer. Yeah, you know, the underlying point there, and I, I really love that, is, you know, we talk about the mentor and the the tendency is to think, well, who they are. But it really is a reflection on you and having a thirst for learning, having having a true interest in genuine uh, you know, wanting to absorb uh, whoever that may be that you're taking a conversation in from. And uh, as you're right, of course, everyone has something to offer. And uh, I love that. Thank you. All right, so let's get into your three insights to live by, uh, your, your life lessons. This could come from any direction whatsoever. But I'm so curious. Andre Young, what is your first insight to live by? First insight to live by is get your triangle right. Um, when I wrote Seven Ways to Love, you know, um, you want to live a great life. You want to love yourself and the people around you that you care most about. It's about getting your triangle right. And when I was a therapist, what I understood very quickly is that people will, their people's lives will be run by what they put on the top of their triangle. And this is a generalization. So please do not send me a bunch of emails about how, you know, I realize what I'm saying is a generalization. <laughs> Many times men would come in and they would say, well, I work, work, work all the time. I don't understand what the problem is or what her problem is or his problem is given their relationship. Hmm. I say, can you say that again? And you would see the light bulb flicker. And women contrastly would come in and say, well, my life revolves around the kids. I don't understand what his problem is. And I say, can you say that again? So what goes on the top of your triangle? I have figured out that it's your vision and vision factors like we talked about. So I shared with you my vision and vision factors professionally, but I also have it personally. I want to have a great life and marriage with my wife that will drip onto my kids. Right. For me to do that, I need to know the three to five things that my, that my wife, that, that I know is true. Not that I like, not that I enjoy, but what I know is true about my wife and our relationship and what she needs. So that triangle, if I'm hearing you correctly, that triangle is really about uh, being clear about your core values and making sure that they're aligned. And when you're in a relationship, making sure that that alignment is a healthy one. It's healthy for you. Because I'm not saying do something just because they need it or want it. I'm, so if you're willing to do it, you want to do it a little bit outside your comfort zone, but not so much that you wind up resenting them or the tasks. Or you don't do it, but stop complaining about having a bad relationship, and that's fine. So that's at the top. The second spoke of the triangle are your relationships. So too many times we'll put our head down and we over-focus in one role. We'll be great. Our life will be great when I get this job or this relationship. You're so much more. So the roles that you play as a parent, a partner, a person, a professional, an aunt, an uncle, whatever you value, are you making time and taking time to do it? And making time and taking time actually means making time you put it in your calendar. We all have an executive assistant. Right. It's your phone. Have you made time? Is your wife in your calendar? Is your husband in your calendar? Are your kids 
individually in your calendar. I date my kids like every other month. So I want to take them out because they don't have to compete each, with each other for attention. And then taking the time means when the time comes, not going to make an excuse not to do it. The last spoke of that triangle is you. Too many people get burnt out professionally or personally and then have an adult and professional personal temper tantrum because of look how much I do. Right. The world, it, listen, you drop dead today, the world will keep pushing. Sure. So be sure that you make time and take time for you and the things you need. Know what you need to do to nurse yourself. The trick is when you do it, you come back so much better that when you need to do it again, they're pushing you out the door to go do it. Nice. Yeah, it sounds you know very much around the notion also of being just intentional. Um, yeah. You know, in terms of, you know, I love what you're saying about, you know, have dates with your kids individually. And I don't think people think it through all that way. And it is so easy to blink and realize, you know, six months go by and you haven't, you know, what's going on with your kid? They grew up so much and, you know, you never really spend any one-on-one time with them uh, or very little. You never really got to the, you know, the heart of, of, of what you need and they need from you in that relationship. All right. Awesome. All right, Andre, on to your second insight to live by. What is that? Um, I call it the get great question. Um, I, you know, I learned this in sports a um, long time ago. I wish I would have known it earlier and actually did it more. Uh, people are more willing to do what they want to do to get better at something. So you want to get better at work. You want to get better as a leader, as an employee, or get that raise or get a starting position somewhere on a team. Whatever you think will get you better, you're, you're willing to do something about that. However, when that doesn't meet the deepest need of the person receiving it, your coach, your boss, your employee, so what? So the get great question says, I want to be great here doing this. I want to be the greatest husband in the world to you. I want to be the greatest employee or employer, whatever it is. What do you need most from me right now? And then we have to be leader enough to shut up and listen. And don't respond, don't defend, hey, I already do that, or deflect, I don't like that, I'm never going to speak to you again. Consume it. And then say, am I willing to do this? Is this reasonable, doable, and fair for who I am and what I want? And when it is, do it a little bit outside your comfort zone, like I mentioned. And then that's how you win. And people, this is a caveat, you got to, but when you go to your husband, wife, boss, employee, coach to say this, most of them are not leaders by the true definition so they're going to say oh matt just keep doing what you're doing it's like right i call it a leader's pacification they're going to put a pacifier in your mouth it's our job as leaders to say hey i really appreciate that thank you but i really want to know is there a time we could talk next week and if you have an answer i want to hear it sometimes we have to give them permission to tell us the truth permission to lead us permission to coach us Maybe they don't think they, you can handle their truth. Maybe they don't think quick on their feet. Maybe they had to pee and you interrupted it and they, and they, don't, have, they don't want to talk. So give them permission to tell you later. It's a great point. And the fact that, you know, you can set that certain intention. It's, it's You have to know that two-way street. You know, what is it that they need from you and their expectations in alignment, uh, you know, with that or you're not going to fulfill it. But the fact that you can expect that when you bring that up, it is going to kind of get pushed aside. It's it's almost a natural human uh, reaction. It's like, uh, you know, back to the mental health situation, you go to someone as a friend and say, well, how are you doing? 
I'm doing great. You know, they'll right. just kind of give you that pat answer. You say, no, how are you doing right. really? Right. right? Because the same, same kind of thing to you. The fact that you've been thinking about the question means it's old to you already. It's brand new to them. You just hit on them like a Mack truck. Right. And the, you have to marry what you were willing to do with whatever they said to a certain degree. Don't stop doing what you want to do. Right. You know, so still be great at that, but also include being better at what they need. And then that's how you win professionally or personally. You got to, you got to take that. You got to drill that extra depth to, in order to get, get at it. Um, awesome. Now, Andre, I, I don't know if you if you order these in a certain way, uh, you know, you're saving the, the third insight or they're all on a level playing field. You know, you just kind of held this one back. You don't have to tell me. But what you do need to, ext- <laughs> to share, what is your third insight to live by? Um, I wake up every day before my feet hit the floor. And there's two things that I say to myself. One, what are my wins today? As there are too many people and maybe it's you that are droning about their day on autopilot. That is not the life you want to live. Being busy doesn't mean you're being better. I wake up, what are my wins for the day? So I step out of my bed and I hit my floor with a purpose. So I organize my list of things that I get to do that day and at the top margin, I'm putting in the wins. So if anything gets crossed off, at least my wins are, okay? Um, and then I say to myself, the second thing I say to myself is, let's be great and have some fun today. The work-life balance say, harmony right there. Well, yeah, because I, I used to say, let's be great. And being great can cause a lot of pressure. And it may not always be fun. I know some people that are great at what they do, but they're not having a lot of fun. And there's people that are having too much fun and not being great. So let's be great and have some fun. And I find my, I say it to my two-year-old daughter, I have kids from 22 to two years old. You know, I say, you know, go be great and have some fun. I want my sons to play their sport and I want them to be great at it or their definition or version of go be great, but also have some fun. Right. You know, and you know, there's too many kids out there or, or employees or employers, they're having fun at what they do, but there's so much more that you can be doing more about to get great. So that's, that's the thing. And if I, if I was going to say one was the most important um, it would be getting your triangle right for me. Like you do that, you'll have the life of your dream. You do it and you gotta do it. We have to do it consistently. Not simply when you're motivated on Monday or it's quarter one or it's January 1st, New Year's resolution. Right. Will you do it consistently and it will compound like interest. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to live it. So, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep going. Uh, I'm glad you came back to that. That's the right point. Uh, well, because it will start to become who you are, not what you do. And then you're going to attract other people that are that way. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All about alignment. I, you know, there's all these different principles that we could bring up that really overlay in the same way in that topography that you're, that you're you know, getting to the heart of. Uh, that's just so essential. Not only just work-life harmony, but just you know, fulfillment, uh, you know, in, in, as, in the end of it all. Uh, now, Andre, before we wind down here, we certainly want to know where people can find you. That'll be in the show notes. Would it be okay if we went back to the wheel one more time? Let's do it. I love the wheel. Yeah, find out one more thing about you. This is totally random. And, and the other thing is, you know, we're now in the second season, but in the, we did 75 episodes the first go around, but no guest gets the same question in the same season. No one else will talk about um, their, you know, whether they believe in luck, for example. Or their mentors. All right, here we go. Ah, this is a favorite. I always love this. 
Andre, what is an instant skill you'd choose? So I guess in this case, it's a little timely. Let's pretend that you are in the matrix and you, you can have that, you know, that thing plugged in the back of your head and, you know, upload that skill that you, you could be anything. You want to fly a helicopter? You can do that. Mm. No, it's, it's a broad question. Um, my, the first answer and the only answer that's coming to mind is communication. Um, you can effectively communicate with everyone. Can you imagine how much easier and better in the quality of life that you'll have? I'm going to have to push back here. I have to say, this is about you. You already yeah, have, you, you know already have good, you have good communication skills. We yeah. have to go deeper. I got to press you here. Try harder, Andre. What is a skill that you do not <laughs> I'm berating my guests. I, I like to speak um, I like to speak every language. Ah, I like to speak every language. All right. Good. Well, it still comes back to communication for me, but okay. I, that's the goal of mine this year is to learn Spanish. Nice. And then the next year after that a different language. Okay, perfect. All right. Now you're off the hook. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice going. Um, anything else that you want to cover? Uh, make sure that we got you know your, your core shares uh, that you wanted to speak to. Certainly this time is for you. Anything you're working on you'd like to share, the new book when it's coming out, uh, go for it. Where people can find you, please. Uh, sure. You can find me at youevolvingnow.com. So that's Y-O-U evolvingnow.com. That'll probably be, be the one-stop shopping. So if you are interested in the videos, my books, which you can get at Amazon or anywhere you get books as well. Um, I have a pre-recording, you know, the trainings and speaking engagements. If you are an organization, a team, a leader, I would love to chat with you. Let's connect. Let's get a Zoom going. And I'm, I don't like spilling my menu all over people, Matt. So I always like saying, sure. what do you want to get out of bringing someone like me in? And then I want to listen and I can match customize, create, or refer. And then lastly, my online pre-recorded leadership program, uh, the Evolving Lead Training Program. Take a look at it at the website at youevolvingnow.com. And if it resonates with you, again, let's chat, talk, and uh, you know, make an impact together. Perfect. Yeah, you know, I, I got to back you up on that, Andre, uh, in, in the fact that you know, while we were in the interview format here, you and I did have that other uh, great conversation. And to those out there who... Uh, you know, want to know more about Andre, I just want to give uh, another uh, dose of encouragement. Somebody you definitely want to speak to, someone you can definitely learn from. And uh, I know it's certainly worth a conversation or two, to say the least, and not our last. So, Andre, thank you very much for being our guest and for sharing your insights to live by. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Insights to Live By. Be sure to connect with me at mattzinman.com in our happierness community and get our free video series, Three Zisms for a Better Life. Wishing you and yours an enriching day, and we'll see you next time.